0: Welcome to Ubaldi reports. The 2016 presidential election is now underway. Last night, there was the Iowa caucus, the first in the nation to start the presidential election season. And it was a wild and long night. First on the Republican side, Ted Cruz came out the winner, followed by Donald Trump. And just barely behind him was Marco Rubio. On the Democratic side, Senator Clinton and, well, excuse me, Secretary Clinton and Bernie Sanders were neck and neck to the end, and it was virtually a dead heat with, with Secretary Clinton just a bit ahead by a few votes, but it was statistically a dead heat. Now, first of all, we're going to kind of analyze what the heck transpired in all this because Donald Trump was supposed to be the winner of the Iowa caucus, and last week something changed. He decided at the last minute, unbeknownst to him, but only to Donald Trump he decided to skip out on the last Republican debate before the Iowa caucus. And as soon as he gave that, it was basically over comments. He thought Megan Kelly of Fox News treated him badly during the first debate. He had some comments about her. Then he switched to criticize Fox News and Roger Ailes. And I think this kind of let an un- an unway gave an opening to the other Republican challengers, most notably Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio, because both of them shined in the debates because then they can focus on their message and not having to deal with Donald Trump, who typically takes the oxygen out of the room to himself when the media is on him. So that must, could have been the strategic mistake that all the pundits and experts have been predicting. For the last p- past few months. We'll have to see how this plays out as they move into New Hampshire, which is next Tuesday. Now, Donald Trump is up by 20 points. But unless everything stays the same, he should win that. But coming to what happened in Ohio, we just don't know. Now, first, again, Donald Trump should have won that debate. I mean, excuse me, won the, the caucus. And what we found out is organization does count. Ted Cruz, who won the Iowa caucus, was very well organized. He had a phenomenal ground game. He had key precinct leaders throughout the state. He really put the time in, which he needed to, and he really galvanized the evangelical group to support him. And Trump just lost that part. He didn't have a ground game. And I know as bombastic and the media just kind of gravitates to him because of his like celebrity status. But politics is different than business. You have to make that connection. And Donald Trump just didn't do that. He would give a speech, and then he would whisk away in his jet back to New York. And he did that repeatedly throughout this campaign leading up to the Iowa caucus. And he had more of a celebrity tilt to it than an actual campaign. And many times, as, as most of the listeners know, and if you're not familiar how a caucus works, a caucus works, you give a speech. People will listen to you, and then they say, "Okay, I'll vote for him. I'll support him," and they go over to that side. Now, obviously, you can't speak at every place of the um, of the state of Iowa, but the one thing that was different that I've that some of the um, comments that came back is many places where people who were listening to Donald Trump, there was no surrogate in his behalf. There was no speaking. Someone speaking to let people know why they should support Donald Trump. So there um, are some of the problems. You still need a ground game, and we'll have to see how this goes. But this is going to kind of mute Donald Trump because he ran his campaign. I'm a winner. I'm a winner. I never lose. Well, he lost this one. Now, this is the first contest. We'll have to see what happens in New Hampshire. And as they go to the southern states and Nevada in the subsequent weeks after that, we'll have to see... How this is um, this plays out, but another interesting thing that came out of this is people like what he says, but I think they they started to take him seriously. They said, "Okay, let's let's really look at him. Is he shares my values? Is he what I want as a president?" And that just that alone by taking him seriously that helped Ted Cruz, but most importantly, it helped. Marco Rubio. Marco Rubio was supposed to finish about 15% in, in the um, the vote tallies. He was up there about 20, 23, 24 points. So he did extremely well. Now, Ted Cruz, again, like we mentioned earlier, has a phenomenal ground game. He's very articulate, a, a gr- good debater, but he's very ideological. I mean, he is really, really conservative. That worries some of the mainstream Republicans. and But Iowa has a very strong evangelical um, voters. So, But again, Ted Cruz, can't take anything away from him. He did a great job, galvanized his supporters, really had a phenomenal uh, ground game. And he spent the time, traveled to all the counties in Iowa, went to all the cities, did everything he's supposed to do, and then some where Donald Trump did. Now, t- Marco Rubio was supposed to, you know, finish third, and he did really well. He almost beat out Donald Trump. He was only a percentage point behind him. Had there been one more day, there would have been a possibility where Marco Rubio would have surpassed Donald Trump, forcing him into third place. So now that gives Marco Rubio some momentum moving into – um New Hampshire, which is next Tuesday, Marco Rubio really surprised a lot of people. He was a and the the one thing that was interesting when they did some of the exit polls, or at least the exit talking to some of the caucus goers, most of the late deciders went for Marco Rubio. Now that could have been Trump supporters. That's we'll have to see how that plays out. But remember, like like I said, Trump supporters. I mean. The voters looked at Donald Trump, and they, said, and they really took him seriously. They didn't listen to the bombastic, the over-the-top language, all the, the comments he makes about individuals. But they looked at him and they took him seriously. And these late deciders went overwhelmingly for Marco Rubio. Now, Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz are conservatives, with Ted Cruz being the more ideological conservative and Marco Rubio being more the moderate. But Marco Rubio did well. He um, he, come across what people thought he had the better chance to win in November. The enthusiasm for Marco Rubio is there. That is evident throughout the um, from all the caucus goers. And Marco Rubio is a very good debater. He has a very compelling message that came across in that debate. So by Donald Trump missing that debate, I believe this gave the chance for the Iowa voters to really look again. At the other Republican candidates, notably Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio. Now the other candidates, like Jeb Bush, uh, John Kasich, um, Ben Carson, finished a distant uh, fourth. And some of the and Chris Christie, some of the other candidates just didn't make a showing. They have maybe two or percent in the polls. Rand Paul, I think, maybe got four. They didn't get a lot. So right now, this is a definitely a three-team race or a three-candidate race between Donald Trump. Ted Cruz, and Marco Rubio. Now, John Kasich is going to make a stand out, and so is Jeb Bush out in New Hampshire. But if they can't gain traction in New Hampshire, then it's pretty much going to be a three-candidate 3, team, three candidate race between Donald Trump, Ted Cruz, and Marco Rubio. Now, on the Democratic side, it was basically between Hillary Clinton, Bernie Sanders, and Martin O'Malley. Now, the interesting thing with this one just got to remember where this race has come. Bernie Sanders is an advent, even admits it. I'm a democratic socialist. Doesn't have, doesn't hold any punches. His big campaign message was income inequality. This state was tailor made for him. It's young, white, liberal, progressive voters, and Hillary. But the one thing with Hillary Clinton, she had the Democratic Party machine behind her. The Democratic Party cleared the debates for her. They cleared all the other candidates. They really want Hillary Clinton, and they're they're forgetting or they're not even going to look about some of the baggage she brings was a lot of people just don't trust her, and that email scandal is hovering in the background. But even though Hillary Clinton did win this, just barely beat Bernie Sanders, I know a lot of pundits said a win is a win is a win, but I would say Bernie Sanders did win this This contest, even though he didn't get all the delegates, he only four delegates behind Hillary Clinton. But remember, where were we at back in June of last year? She was way up in the polls and he was way down and he closed the gap to break even with her. And he's ahead by 20 points in New Hampshire. And that's mainly proximity to Vermont. So they see him. They know him. They get to hear him because it's so close, but that said, think about where we're at. You have a Democratic Socialist running for president, beating the establishment candidate in Hillary Clinton. When you have the Democratic Party does not want Bernie Sanders, they've only had six debates. There's not going to be any more debates until after New Hampshire. Now, there's talk They're trying to get some unofficial debates between Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton, but until that happens, Pretty much, there's no debates between the two candidates. The Republicans have one debate. I think believe it's again going to be at the end of this week, right before the uh, New Hampshire um, primary. But for the Democrats, they don't have it. And again, I give credit to Bernie Sanders. They have. You watch him on his rallies on TV. For those who are in person, he has the enthusiastic. Everybody's enthusiastic, and they. The key is. I keep saying he's a Democratic socialist, but he actually believes in that issue. He believes in what he says, and that's important. We may not, I may not agree. Many people may not agree with his issues, but he g- uh, believes in what he says. Hillary Clinton, and I've talked to a lot of Democratic um, activists. A lot of them, they're not going to vote Republican. They're gonna, you know, they'll vote for they but they're, they're not enthusiastic behind her. She just that trust level. And the one thing that's looming in the background is that email scandal. Now, as much as she wants to play it as Republican attack, that's going to be a hard sell when the, the, the inspector general of the intelligence community has found 1,300 um, classified emails, and 22 of them are the most highest classification, top secret, special access programming that only, not even Congress has access to that. So it'll be interesting how this plays out. And that inspector general was appointed by President Barack Obama and confirmed by a um, Democratic-controlled Congress, or at least Senate. So the thing is, I would mention, if you go back to my previous podcast, you can see how how I explain how um, classified documents would have gotten into her email. So if you listen to that, you can kind of it just explains. It doesn't play partisanship. It just explains how the classified document system works. Because many people, especially in the media, if you've never been in the military or the intelligence community never held a clearance, it's kind of confusing how this would work. But as we move forward, this is going to be the thing that's looming over the democratic debate: is what's going to happen with that email. But now that Bernie Sanders did extremely well in that debate. This is going to give him some more money. It's going to give him enthusiasm. If he wins in Ohio by the lead, it's at 20 points and stays like that, He's it gives him momentum. But now that it gives him extra money from more donors want to give him an extra look, he could go into South Carolina, into the southern states, who typically are more diverse voters, more African-American, more minorities, more Latino. But it gives them the opportunity to take a second look at Bernie Sanders, now he has extra money, and this is money that Hillary Clinton thought she didn't have to spend and use that for the general general election. now she's going to have to focus on this upstart seventy year old democratic socialist, so this is going to be a unique race. If anybody think it's going to be ending on Tuesday you 're sadly mistaken. this is going to keep going, and this could carry through into April into the final uh, primary season. So we'll have to see how it goes. The question for the Republicans is, how does Donald Trump handle this moving forward? Because he's always classified himself as a winner. How does he take it that he didn't win Iowa? How does Ted Cruz, does he take that momentum that he gained with the evangelicals moving into New Hampshire, who are not as religious-minded, but are more, give me the issues, How does he deal with it? Marco Rubio taking that incredible finish. How does he move forward? Does he solidify support from those establishment Republicans, from those who didn't do well, maybe be dropping out at at least after the New Hampshire, like Bush and Kasich, if they don't do well, will they drop out? Will their donors force them out and take that money to Marco Rubio? We'll have to see on that. How does Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton do going forward? Bernie Sanders wins New Hampshire. What happens to Hillary Clinton? Does this give him more more momentum as they move forward to the southern states? And also, what's going on with this email scandal? When does the FBI at any time re- recommend or not recommend um that a crime was committed? So we'll have to see on that. And that's the the thing we just um we just don't know. But right now the voters also in, um Iowa made one thing. They were more concerned about the economy and terrorism. And that's something that's going to be focused in New Hampshire, uh, is the economy and terrorism. And today, the stock market plummeted. You've seen manufacturing drop. The GDP, which hasn't been mentioned by either, either party, last Friday dropped to 0.7%. So we were, for last year, it was just a little bit of 2%. We haven't been above 3% in 10 years. So you can see why there's a huge angst out there among the populace because they're not seeing their lives getting better. They're not seeing anybody getting better except those in Washington. So whoever can tap into that will have the nomination and will have a great uh, way forward as they move into the general election. So we'll have to see how that goes. We're going to keep keep this going. If you get a chance, sign up for Stitcher and iTunes. Make your comments, know. let me know what you want to hear, what you want to, what do you want me to discuss? Because I want to just let the world know or let the United States know that this is an important opportunity. So get out and vote. So let me know on Stitcher and iTunes what you think and what you want to hear. And I'll get that on my podcast. If you have another opportunity, go to Amazon. I got a book out there called The New Business Brigade, Why Vet- Why Businesses Need to Hire a Veteran. It's a bestseller. You can buy it on Amazon. It's in the Kindle version or Hardback Book. You can go to Barnes and Noble or any of the major book distributors. They carry it. So please get out there and get that book because my goal is to get it on the New York Times bestseller list. And keep listening to your Baldy reports. But the thing is, keep informed. Learn what's going on because these issues count and what we get is the government we get. So we've got to take part. Take it easy. Keep listening to your Bali reports, and we'll, we'll talk to you soon.